0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. Hope you enjoy. Hello, this is Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors, and we are here today recording I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol podcast and we have Captain Morgan's mojito and today we are here with Emma from Casitas. Hi Emma, how are you? Yay, hi! So, thank you. you. How are you? So, yeah, good. It's so good to finally meet you. We were supposed to record this ages ago, and I was so super duper poorly, yeah. but I'm back alive now. So it's so yeah. good to have you on? Well, back being live I and know. Oh, so many people had that horrible bug though. I did manage to spread it to as many people as I possibly could. <laughs> we all did. We had it. Yeah, yeah
1: it's
0: terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> so, tell us all about casitas
1: and all about your business. Oh, okay. So Costitas is a home interiors and gift shop. We run creative workshops as well, which is a big part of the business. Um, And more recently, in the last year, we've become a pop-up venue host as well, so that other small businesses can dip their toe in the water um, and have a go at running a bricks and mortar shop in St. Albans.
0: I popped in today and I saw that there was an amazing lady with beautiful dresses.
1: So what's her Mm. business? So her business is called Love Your Look. We had her in the summer as well and she absolutely smashed it. Everyone loved her stuff. She's such a niche market but this is what's so interesting. Um, You know, that someone, lots of people would be afraid to venture into a niche but actually that's if you hone in on an area that's really niched, you're... More likely to capture more of the audience than you are if you're just quite mainstream. So she's got, she's an amazing businesswoman, and also what's great is I get to brainstorm, chat. We within the first day of her being there, we in in the summer we were both um manifesting things and and we both met up again on she came in on saturday i think and we were both like how's manifestation going and we were like yeah we're kind of like she's done it and i'm almost there so um it's lovely just being able to hit off ideas with all these new people that i wouldn't have met otherwise and the other shop we've got is the vintage bay which is shopping um hitching and um She's had um, Cositas pop up now for, it's going to be for two months, I think, What well, by the time it gets to Christmas Eve. So she's um, running two shops at the moment. So it's oh, great getting fun. tips and advice from her.
0: I hadn't realised that you had another shop in Hitchin. So tell me about that. How long is that one? <gasps> no, she
1: has. Oh, the, cool. the Vintage Bay has, yeah. So now she's come and popped up in St Albans as well as running her other shops. So she's rushed oh, up. But it's I all love good. that. Yeah, it's really nice. It's lovely to be able to bring new businesses and new ideas and um, things to to Hollywell Hill because it is a bit of a. Um, problem with footfall Hollywell Hill and now it's just bustling we've got three shops in Cosita's there's another pop-up shop the new book book opened um so there's definitely stuff to see now which was the intention over the Christmas period so it's fab I'm loving it oh I'm lo-
0: absolutely loving it I took the girls into Cosita's tonight and we were just looking around and it was so much of mum look at this mum look at this mum look at this mum look at this and they just adored or because it's so, there's so many different things in there, it's not kind of, you, you know, in St Albans we have the best of the independent stores and so many of them. And in Casitas, you've just got s- such a variety of uh, different stock from, you know, gorgeous paintings to little trinkets, you know, there was a tiny little um, cactus keyring,
1: and my kids were like, oh, look
0: at these, oh, you know, <laughs> they just
1: adored it, oh, Now, I do try really, really hard with the stock. From the minute that I opened Cosita's, I knew that, especially the furniture that we were selling, our biggest competitors were online, actually. There wasn't really anyone so much selling anything similar locally. So I knew I had to be really careful with my price points because obviously online don't have the overheads. But also I wanted to be able to meet my margins by buying um, stock from big suppliers, but also keeping it fresh and new by using smaller suppliers as well, like, you know, little tiny businesses and makers although admittedly times are really hard with retail right now and it's really hard to make the margins with the small businesses it has a big knock-on effect and I don't hold as many small business products as I used to but I think that's that's how the shop keeps ever changing we buy few of many things so you have to buy it when you see it because then we replace it with something else to keep it fresh and interesting so that people can come in and see different stuff all the time. So do you spend a lot of money, a lot of money, a lot of time sourcing these different types of offerings? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I spend a lot of time, um, but not always just in the conventional way. So it wouldn't just be from trade fairs. Sometimes um, I I just hit people up from Instagram and say, oh my God, I love what you've got. Would you like do something with me? Can I have it in my shop? And um, I'll just pick people up like that. But also it's it's nice because now I have people coming to me. And often, like I just said, unfortunately, it's hard to meet the margins at the moment. But, um, you know, every week I get sent new products to look at and see whether they'd work so yeah no, buying that's... buying is just super fun it's the best yes. I love it <laughs> but it's like grand scale
0: shopping do you yeah. kind of do you look for the things that because I do a lot of work with um, ideal clients because what what I do is I'm a property surveyor and I and I, yeah. I negotiate these deals for people to be on the high street and, and then although um, not something that I ever kind of trained in because it's not a surveyor's role, but I always start with, do you have a business plan? Who is your ideal client? Because it's the basis of everything that somebody who's running their own retail shop or warehouse, the end sort of business premises. It's you know so important to understand that the, the, the absolutely the meat and bones of their business. So do you kind of buy these products for the, the you know your, do you have an ideal client in mind, or do you buy them for something
1: that you would buy as a person, yourself as a shopper? So when when at the very beginning I was like looking for loads of tips and inspiration and and someone said if you fill your shop with stuff that you like then if everything goes wrong at least you know you can have it (laughs) which I kind of get but now three years on I have to say I don't just buy the things I like I do buy the things that sell as well so now we're um, working on we have products that we think are really quirky and high impact that make people stop and look because they're really different and probably you know really big on Instagram for example but maybe not what your average person in walking past would buy so we have to when I do shopping I have to shop with three different people in mind we have names for them but I don't want to offend anyone in case they're called for names you have to say now have... You have... okay so we've you got Marion <laughs> we've got a Marion who is Older and more conventional, and um, wants to be able to pick things up for her family. And we've got Kara, who's called cool Kara, and she's um, like into really high impact statement things. And then the other client that we have is Sally and Emma. Sally's who you met today and me, and that's the things that we like. So we yeah. mix it up with with the three of us, and hopefully that way we get a something for everyone feel in the shop. No, you definitely, definitely cover the kind of all
0: the bases. And, you you, you know, you, you're obviously getting it right for the kids as well, because my two absolutely loved it in their ten as well. Oh. So they were running around
1: loving lives. Oh, bless them. Give them a big hug from me. That's so sweet to There was a girl came in the other day and she said, and she was really young. I think she, she couldn't have been more than nine. And she came in and she went, wow, mum, it's like my Pinterest board. <laughs> I thought that was Oh, so I cute. love that. That's yeah. so funny.
0: But I suppose yeah. they kind of have grown up with that Pinterest love, where they can find things and stick it all together and say, "Mummy, this is what I want my bedroom to look like." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It
1: surprised me that being so young, she was into it. But I was like, "Yay! Well, I'm so glad that we've got stuff that you like too."
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, my eldest was looking at all of your, you know, your shelving units and stuff and going, "Mum, that'd look great in the hallway." Mum, that'd look great in the living room. And you know, just like positioning furniture. And I was like, yeah, they're good, you know. We could definitely have them. She was loving it. So you've been doing casitas for three years now, you
1: said. What were you doing before that? So I've always been in retail. Before I had the children, I worked in retail in town. I used to manage monsoon and accessorise when they were there. And um, I worked a bit in Watford as well. And then I had the children and I knew that I wanted to be home with the children while they were growing up. So I didn't go back to work afterwards, I stayed with them and I was in a different position then. I was married as well. So I was lucky that my income wasn't the sole income of the household. And I I don't know if I should say what I do. <laughs> I um you well, are going to. I I looked after other people's children, but they were my friends' children. So basically like illegal childminder but friends <laughs> but they were my friends kids and i was lucky enough to have as soon as I, I had um one friend's children for like six years and then another friend's child for seven so it, it lucky it covered me for that whole time and that just saw me through so that i could do what i wanted to do with my life but be able to afford to do it and that was being at home with the children but i did have a job two days a week and i worked in a shop called um, Lavender Green that was on London Road and I worked, and that was an interior shop and I worked there for 10 years and freaking loved it, it was amazing such a great business and that's when I started getting really into interiors and, um, and that's when I learned how to paint furniture as well and I met the iconic Annie Sloan um, of Annie Sloan chalk paint fame um, and she um was trying to convince me to teach furniture painting workshops I, I held off for about a year i didn't have confidence and then eventually i did and she personally taught me which is like uh, my claim to fame and um that's where i started painting furniture and th- that business closed with I think it was like it w- was only about three months to go till Christmas, and I and by this time my personal circumstances changed, and I was by myself, and I had another child um, who was little. But it just so happened, like the universe, really, If you know how, like when something bad happens, when you look retrospectively, it sort of kind of all fell into place. And he was just starting school, and i didn't have a job anymore three months till christmas and i had to i honestly was like christmas is coming up i need to like support these three children what am i going to do that can be quick and i was thinking about what i liked but taking painting people's kitchens and their furniture was something that i thought of getting a proper job was something that i thought of but in the end i thought i want my own shop and I'm just going to go for it. I don't think I really thought it would happen, though. I it's thought funny, because I...
0: exactly the same for me. Me and my ex-husband, we broke up, and, you know, kind of... It meant that my job kind of imploded, because I was working myself, but a lot of the, my clients were his friends and stuff, and everything just oh. ended all in one day. But No, but like you, you know, from the ashes, um, literally you know, the next day, I woke up, fuck it, I've got two really small children, I need to, you know, put some food on the table, It's this isn't going to be, you know, the end, it, everything will be absolutely fine, got a phone call from a friend, can you, you know, I've got an NHS client who is in absolute shit, can you come and just sort them all out? And I just went broken <laughs> and just thought, literally nothing can happen here that that is worse than what's already happened and it was like bouncing from rock bottom and it was just my career just flew absolutely flew and I just think it was because I had nothing to lose
1: yeah 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 for sure and also I think that it's such a big motivator to get out of your comfort zone when you have no flipping choice if you you have to do it and that's where um, I think so many women are successful in business when their why is their children and what they're focusing on is initially you know I didn't ever say to myself oh oh yeah I'd love to have a shop and just potter around it was always I this shop has to make me money this shop has to provide a really great life for us it's just us now you know it ha- it it was I, I didn't ever start it up as a hobby shop it was always going to be a business that would be really viable and multifaceted and maybe in the future provide multiple um, streams of revenue as well. So was that always your
0: intention then because you do have multiple streams of revenue in the shop don't you like Pop-up side, the workshops, you know, the retail, everything like that. Is this something that you've built over time, and the ideas come to you, or is this was this always the intention?
1: I think it's my personality, Denise. I think with like everything I've done, I, I like I feel secure if I've got my fingers in loads of pies, and I'm just a massive commitment though hence the single <laughs> status. But I don't like being dependent on one thing and the fear that that one thing might go. So, yes, I could be up shit creek without a paddle for a bit, but at least not everything would go. And I think that's ingrained just in my being and everything I do, I kind of do like that. Do you think you were always an entrepreneur or is it something that you've kind of learnt along the way? God, I still... I mean, I don't feel that I am. I just feel like I've been lucky. But I, what, I've what i always had ideas, I just haven't always acted on them. And like you said, rising from the ashes, when you have to act on your ideas because there's nothing else, that's when I became acting on, on my ideas, made me realise that actually I have quite good ideas. And I'm open to, you know, I'm... I'm not easily offended I'm open to feedback and critique on the ideas that I have and often they'll fall by the wayside but quite a lot of the time um it's something that I know that I can pick up on and that I can make something more of but yeah, yeah. my brain was flitting I bet yours is too <laughs> god so much
0: so there's me and my business partner Claire and she's uh, very much the, the doer and she you know I, and I, I made a joke on a podcast recently where I said, you know, I'll be on the phone to her and I'll be like, right. So I was thinking, we'd get an elephant and we'd, and she'd, and she goes, whoa, there is no elephant, there's no, there will be no elephant, car And I, because I just go, yeah, got a really great idea, and she's like, oh, God. And sometimes she'll go, that's absolutely perfect. And I know that that's, that's the one I go with, but my yeah. head, is like this all day every day and i just fly all of my ideas off of her either by text or you know i'll ring her or we'll do
1: a zoom call like this but i'm just i never stop never yeah no i don't and i get my best ideas when i'm relaxed as well so now i've um i said to myself i would work my fingers to the bone for this business and i knew and i knew that i would have to and everything fell by the wayside denise like relationships friendships that the friendships haven't fallen by the wayside because i know my friends understand but literally i'm a hermit i and when i i was i was working so much and also working evenings that i was feeling like physically sick from not seeing the children and then all i wanted to do was be at home with them so my social life was just completely depleted i can't even remember where i was going with that now Oh, just remember.
0: reality well the other thing that I say on all of the podcasts is the best thing about being your own uh, running your own business is that you can pick and choose what you do but, but that also means you pick and choose which 16 hours a day you work because that is the reality it yeah. just never
1: stops yeah Yeah. Oh, yes. And best ideas being when you're relaxed. And now that I've got more time away from the business, because I said for two years I would do that, and then after two years, like, my life has to get freer. And it really has in the summer of this year. It really took a turn for the better, and then I was picking Remy up from school loads and feeling like I was around for him and the girls who were both, like quite old teenagers but they still need mummy and it's just different needs than what they needed before um, and now that I can be in bed and instead of doing my accounts I'm watching Netflix or something I, ideas just like rrr, 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 come 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 and sometimes I go to bed early deliberately and I'm, I'm like I know that I'm going to get loads of ideas so I go to bed deliberately and with my notepad next to me and just write, write them down. Yeah, I,
0: I always have post-it notes with me and a notepad. Post-it notes, I jot down like single words or single sentences and they're my social media ideas. And my notepad is for like my business ideas, like, you know, the elephants and the, <laughs> the, yeah. and the, the yeah. <laughs> I love and the
1: I just, um, post-it the note idea. That's it's brilliant. So, then you can transfer it to your notebook yeah. if you need to. yeah. And I
0: just, in you know, when I'm thinking, when I've got no creative juices left because I've worked too much and my brains just left me completely, flick through my post-it notes, talk about that on my social media. Done. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a great yeah.
1: idea.
0: I know, I love it. So you've said now that you you have a bit more free time that you don't kind of all you're not always working. So what is your thing that you like to do when you're not working, other than
1: Netflix? So when, oh yeah, so I do see friends sometimes now, but really it's being at home. My son has started playing football now and I've become a football player. I know, (laughs) know. So, so quite a lot of my time is spent like tomorrow. I'm not going in in the morning so that I can watch him play a match but I think it's got cancelled now anyway but I've got the freedom to be able to do that whereas before I couldn't let him start playing football because I knew I wouldn't be able to take him and it was all all too hectic so really where I'm not working my personal life has just filled up at home really so now I sometimes do the hoovering and I (laughs) I sometimes dust and mop the floor, whereas before it was like, ah-ah, nope. That's never happening right now.
0: So I suppose really, the really uh, good thing of,
1: the really good thing about living in
0: a building site is that if you don't hoover for the day, nobody notices <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe I should just like say that when people come around and sorry, I'm having work done. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: you also had the pleasure of being on tv recently tell us all about
1: that how on earth did that come about oh my god it was it was amazing i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it a came about and then b that i actually got picked so um the tv company um messaged me on instagram and um they they were telling me a bit about it and would I would I want to be one of the people whose houses was on it? And I was like, no, I really wouldn't. And you know what I said to them? I'm having work done. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't that wasn't an option because like I'd said the house has gone to rack and ruins since I've been working like double full time. Um but for the first time, actually, I really put myself out there. I, I never blow my own trumpet. And I put myself out of my comfort zone for the first time with that. And I got back in contact with them and said, look, I can't do that, but I would love to work with you. And this is what I can offer. I. Know lots of local people. I know the local area. I I've been on the radio and in the paper, championing the high street. We um, support a heavy retailtainment element in our shop, and um, we get customer feedback all the time. I I know what people are buying before it goes into their house. I get their views and their their input, and I just. Bigged myself up and then didn't hear anything for ages so but but honestly I was so proud of myself for doing it I didn't mind I was like I that's fine I, I'm glad I put myself out there and then they um then they called and said Emma we would like to, you to be a judge would you consider that oh my gosh yeah okay when three weeks time so then I know oh right my goodness. so then so then I was like, great, I've got three weeks to lose two stone. <laughs> <laughs> and <I> get clear <laughs> up Oh my, my god, skin. that is
0: such a typical woman thing to say, that's terrible. But it <laughs> I would know. be
1: I'd, it'd probably be the first thing I'd say as well. Oh god. But anyway, obviously I didn't and Oh you look awesome. I just, well I just thought to myself, what can I do that's gonna have maximum impact for minimum financial sacrifice? and so I got hair extensions put in. By the way, your hair looks lovely. Oh, do you like it? It's just all yeah. chopped off. Yeah, I know, I can tell. It looks lovely, and it looks oh, dark, too. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. Um, yeah, so that's what that's what I decided to do, just for a little confidence boost, you know, to make yourself feel the part. And No, you look awesome. Like, oh, thanks, Denise. So, yeah, I got extensions put in my hair, and then I was like, yep, I'm ready bring it Nailing on it. Got, got my extensions in let's do this <laughs> <laughs> but it must have
0: been awesome it was like a dream gig for any like I, I presume 95% of people live their life like I do and look at houses like house porn complete house porn mm-hmm. going on right move and kind of looking through all of the houses that are available you actually got to go around some of the most beautiful houses in St Albans and surrounding villages and you know, and you
1: were—you got to judge them. It must have been incredible. Oh, it was—it was amazing because I am that person who walks the dog deliberately at twilight because that's when you get the best look into people's houses before they close their curtains. I know, I know all those little tits. and um, and to be able to actually go into the houses—it was—it was amazing, and I think it all. The other judges used to laugh at me because I, I just spent my whole time going, oh, wow, oh, wow. <laughs> and, but I, I honestly was, you know, gobsmacked at the, the pride these people have in their houses, the effort that they've taken to make a beautiful home for their family. It was really inspiring. What was this the um, program called again? The best house in town. Oh, it, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I watched a couple of the different areas as well because I just loved it so much. Yeah, Yeah. such I a good programme. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it might be doing reruns at the moment on BBC2, but maybe that's finished. I'm not sure anyway. But um, it was, yeah, it was it was such good fun. And just doing the whole filming thing, like I never knew I'd get to do anything like that and getting up at, like, we had to do our own hair and makeup, so... I had to get up at quarter to five every morning for the week that we were filming and put double, so I put my makeup on, then did my hair, then put my makeup on again, double makeup and just, you know, wearing all the mics and, and you know, the action, just literally doing that was just, it was such good fun. And then I was Amazing. like, okay, I want I just want to be a TV presenter now. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going back to work. <laughs>
0: you tell you really enjoyed it but did it, did it give you inspiration of the type of things that you would bring into the shop was was it did it give you
1: that bounce back of ideas as well yeah it, it did and it it um, validated a lot of the ideas that I had in the shop as well the main thing running through being that I like to mix things up, not match. So if you've got a French-inspired bedside table, don't feel that you can't have a lovely contemporary freestanding mirror. You don't have to have, like, everything curly French just because you've got one thing like that. And if you've gone for an industrial vibe for your bookcase, that doesn't mean you can't have a refinished side table sitting next to it. And um, when I saw that in some of the houses, that I went to. I was like, "Yay, I love that because that's just right up my street." But yeah, yeah definitely no, it it was inspiring. Completely.
0: It was really good. And I think the thing that I enjoyed the most is that the winner was uh, you know openly saying that she'd done she definitely hadn't done it on a, sh- a shoestring because it had, her property was beautiful but she'd, she'd had loads of cost saving ideas you know we've done this because we couldn't afford to do that and blah, you know but the end result was amazing and it yeah. just made me look at my you know renovation project and go right okay if you know if we can't afford to do that, we can still get an amazing outcome. We just have to do things differently. I loved that side of
1: it. Yeah, I loved that. And that was the biggest thing that I loved about her house. I'm still friends with Chrissy, who won, actually. And um, it just really stuck with me that it was her and her father-in-law who did most of the work. and And I love how you know they would have bonded and thrown ideas at each other and not just um how it finished but the process up to it although i'm sure it was very stressful as well but just what lovely memories to make together
0: yeah no, i i know living in the experience at the minute it definitely will have been really really stressful but the outcome was phenomenal and she seemed like such a down-to-earth person so no wonder you're still friends with her because she seemed like a right good one
1: Yeah, she's a good one. Yeah, she's really lovely. And I'm still friends with all the judges as well.
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised. You really did look like you gelled and they they seemed like some really
1: um, nice people. Yeah. The good thing for me was that, because I have a base, a public base being the shop, lots of people from the show, lots of the contestants have come in and said hi and introduced themselves and we now know each other, whereas the other judges who don't have that environment didn't get to meet everybody. So it was really lovely that I had the shop, actually. Yeah, you'll have to do some sort of reunion thing in your shop, like
0: some workshop thing with all of them together. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be
1: awesome. So what's the future like for Casitas then? Or what's the future like for Emma? Well, the future for me is definitely maintaining this what I've got going on at home now by making myself freer so in the summer like I said I stepped back from the shop and it was so scary to do that because it this is how it felt like it felt like I'd made a little paint you know when you fold up and make a boat out of paper and then I'd dropped it I was like oh I don't know like it might sink it might not be good and then I dropped it on the river and then I was like oh my god it's floating it's doing it it's doing it it's working (laughs) and that i'm i you know that didn't come without a lot of work automating processes introducing strategies that meant i didn't need to be there anymore um but i'm still there a lot i'm still in practically every day but um not for the whole day and i I've got a life now and that's maintaining this is what I want um happy family life successful business um and as far as the shop goes oh my gosh I just have so so many different ideas you know at the moment we're working on um making the work making um Workshops at the workplace that instead of just doing them here, we can go and do workshops in people's places. We're looking at we've done um, a couple of events this year as well, where we've taken Cositas as a kind of pop up event somewhere else. We're looking at um, doing more of that in the new year, um, driving our name out there and. Um, Getting sales through our online shop is my biggest focus for the next oh, year. I didn't even
0: know you had an online shop. Okay. Oh yeah, you're, you're the second person that said that actually. Yeah. And that's
1: all. That's that's completely like my my doing. I I need to absolutely promote it more. So we um, have the only thing I pra- pay a professional for is my accounts. And between the rest of us girls, as you were saying earlier, about winging things I think that was when we were off record actually but we all just wing it together so there's a million things that I'm not strong at but I surround myself with people that are so Nicole who works on a Wednesday is great at doing the website and Sally is really good at using the till I'm the worst person at knowing how to do stuff on the till in the whole shop but all these people are really good at it and really strong at it and we've got a website now that is I'm really proud of it and um, it works really well and given the current climate and the state that retails in where most um, shops are selling more through their online shop than they are through their physical shop the fact that we sell less than one take one take less than 1% of our sales through our online shop is bad and I shouldn't let that happen which is why I'm going to change it but also it's a huge opportunity to increase our turnover and then be able to start doing bigger things because I'll be able to use the help of other people so that there's a team that's big enough for all my ideas.
0: Yeah I tell you um, another great um, podcast that we've had on uh, in fact, she's not even gone live yet. She'll go live after you, I think. Um, so you'll be live on Boxing Day. Yay! Yay! Woo-hoo! Santa's already. Santa's already been. Queen's um, speech A- and oh, Queen's yeah. speech, we're, we're... and then the next day me. <laughs> yeah, and and we'll we'll be uncomfortably um, full by the time you're on. <laughs> so everyone <laughs> will be sitting down on the sofa listening to this podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, the lovely Emma Alice from. Amber Mountain Marketing she might be a great one for you to speak to because she's got a um, apprenticeship scheme where you get an apprentice that looks after your social media one day half a day a week and it's brilliant so look into that that might be amazing Ooh, to get yeah, your
1: I online know, shop going I know of Emma she's got the lovely hair hasn't she beautiful
0: yeah I know of
1: her I've never met her
0: oh she's lovely yeah you need to get in touch that, that podcast yeah, she's fab, so she might be a great one for you. But the other person that you collab with that I've seen your um, lives, which are
1: amazing,
0: were Chloe James. So how did that come about?
1: Yeah, so um, so Donna, who owns Chloe James, and I, we've always known each other. We've always said hello. We've always been friendly to one another, and then. Then I think we met for coffee. I can't remember how uh, how we started meeting for coffee, and we would, you know what it's like when you're talking to someone similar and you brainstorm with you just, especially when it's your own business and you don't have other people to talk to. So we used to have our coffees and just all this stuff out at each other but it was really good stuff mainly high street related and um I was telling her all my ideas and she was telling me hers and then one coffee we said you know people don't know about this we should we should like maybe video what we're doing and so that's then the very next week we did we haven't got proper cameras as you can tell <laughs> we're like you know it's very amateur it literally is just a recording of us chatting about what we chat about. And one day we were doing it in Cositas and one of my colleagues came in as we were talking and um, and actually we were talking, what was it about? Well, actually it was about pop-up shops and um, threats to the high street. And, and we were saying how, although nobody wants to see vacant buildings and it's much nicer to have shops in them, also, Um, businesses that have a permanent base are traditionally dead through January, February, March and use their... uh, the, The money that they take over the Christmas period is the meat on their bones that will sustain them through the quiet periods. But then when there are lots of shops who pop in to take a chunk of that Christmas business and then pop off again when the going gets tough and there's not much trade, that does impact shops that are there all the time. So that's what we were talking about. And um, my colleague said, oh, my God, I'd never thought of that because, you know, it was still, you're still shopping local, you're still supporting independence, but that's where, where it, it doesn't help with the long term didn't that particular example didn't help the longevity of the high street and sh- and she was saying gosh I hadn't really hadn't thought of that um and yeah no so... i have
0: not thought of it that way that's a really interesting way to look at it because I always think as a surveyor it's really important to have people in those shops because then it breeds people's desires to be in the, the that, that retail space but you, you're so right it is taking a chunk of it and then disappearing when t- when the you know the the times get tough because they they're not paying the January, February, March rents that you know that you're not actually making enough money from, and you are yeah. taking the December, you know, the November, December trade and and trying to sustain that throughout till
1: um, April when it starts to pick up again. Yeah, and then that that rocks onto the question of well, how is it that ordinary permanent retailers can't afford that property, but pop-up shops cat it's just like a it just feels like a bit of a messed up environment at the moment where it wouldn't even be a possibility for traders to be able to have prime positions um who are there permanently but um yeah but don't want to get political about it but it, it's, it's yeah it's it's no it's great i, mean, I- and no one wants empty shops otherwise we'd get no one coming to St Albans at all and it's boring and it's bleak but the problem of ha- having pop-up shops in there is kind of putting a plaster over the thing and it's not addressing the fact that no one can afford the rent permanently
0: yeah i mean i i've acted for the landlord and, and now i act for the tenant so i completely understand the positions that both parties are in, and that's that's what makes my offering so unique. But it also means that I I completely can... Um, I, I understand why these situations happen and, and one has to lose out in the battle, and that's why we have peaks and trunks yeah. when it comes to all these situations. So it is a shame, but I'm so grateful that St Albans High Street is still you know quite thriving in comparison to other high streets in this country.
1: Yeah, and I think that we have got a really great community within the the independent shop owners. Like everyone is so supportive. Uh, competition just isn't even a thing. Everyone genuinely wants everyone else to do well, which is amazing. And I think the city that we live in, we're lucky that we have people who want to support the high street. They can see past and they can see past um, the quick, fast shopping and can see how it will directly affect, you know, that we're surrounded by really clever, ambitious people who know that to keep the high street alive, it it has to be used. And I know in some places it's, not an option financials and demographics make it harder and politics maybe but um I think where we live in St Albans being supported by your community I I don't think that I would open a shop without having a community supporting me I'd, I'd need to build up that before and that that's what I did and that's what what I'd always do because I feel like the high street can't survive without the community. And
0: that's yeah. where you have no. to
1: step out. Well it's your baby
0: and 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 you know a baby's raised by, you know, an, an army, not a single person. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. Okay, well we're coming to the end of our podcast and I end all podcasts with the same thing the eight mile moment. Now I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I publicize that quite well. And I love Eminem and the movie Eight Mile, and he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him so that his opponent can't ever come back and say anything bad about him. So, Emma, tell us, what is the worst thing about you?
1: What, just one? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I have got so many bad things. i oh my God, so many. Like big things, little things, I bite my nails i sometimes eat way too much sugar i'm crap at doing technology literally makes me like get a security thing down there and i'm like no close for business don't want to know um i'm um impatient i'm um pushy (laughs) but i think i've i'm happy that my balance is right i'm a good mum, and i i don't feel that, like, you know, that's my biggest thing. I know that's really cheesy to say, but, like, having had two years where I didn't feel like I was, you know my intentions were always there but i wasn't but um oh my god i've got i've got too many bloody things to list that are bad about me i don't i could probably (laughs) list my qualities on one hand
0: (laughs) yeah no exactly the same i I think you know running your own business it's really hard to strike that balance and and i don't always get it right but i definitely try and put my self-care first the kids and my husband, family and friends, and then every other waking moment is always work. And I know it's too much, but when you run your own business, that's what you have to do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, thank you so much. Sorry, carry on. I was just going to say, it's a good thing that we love what we do, because that would be bad otherwise. Imagine doing every waking hour being your business and you don't like it. Oh, that would be a bad place to be. I absolutely love what i do i adore
0: helping people just realize their dream like you opening up your shop and just go this is what i want i'm not sure if it's ever gonna happen i'm not sure if you know it's all gonna go into disaster but fuck it i'm gonna do it and that when i do that for another woman i'm just like just oh, love it you can tell you love it i can tell uh, Yeah. But thank you so much for being on the podcast and if anyone else wants to be on the podcast then email us at info at find-surveyors.co.uk Thank you very much. Bye. And if you want to sponsor the podcast you can email us as well at info at find-surveyors.co.uk Thank you. Bye.